Well, hey there, fellow Sojourners, and welcome back to another edition of Appropriate in the Culture. On today's episode, we discuss whether or not Barbie was snubbed at the Oscars. I'm Pastor Shane, and I'll be your Mattel executive today as we appropriate some culture. So I don't have to tell you what happened. We all remember where we were when we heard the news. Infamy is too soft, too gentle a word to capture the horror of that day. A day that shall live seared in our minds by its unspeakable horror. A day of anguish, of weeping and gnashing of teeth in the deepest, darkest dungeons of our souls. A day when the light of mankind was extinguished, when all hope, valor, joy, and decency fled from our eyes, and all virtue, honor, and goodness were hewn out of our hearts. On the day that we heard Barbie, the motion picture, and those responsible for birthing its brilliance were nominated for some, but not all, conceivable categories for the Academy Awards. Oh, the humanity. The Hollywood Reporter, though naturally, was hardest hit. Quote, Three films scored a double-digit number of Oscar nominations on Tuesday morning. Universal's Oppenheimer, 13, one shy of the all-time record shared by All About Eve, Titanic, and La La Land. Searchlight's Poor Things, 11, and Apple's Killers of the Flower Moon 10, a rare feat. But for many, those impressive showings were overshadowed by the lack of directing and lead actress nominations for Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie, respectively, of Warner Brothers' Barbie. The optics of excluding Barbie's Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie from the directing and lead actress categories, the women most responsible for a critically acclaimed film that became the biggest blockbuster of 2023, are not good. Bad optics. The only worse optics was seeing the film because Barbie is a terrible film that should have never been nominated for an award, and certainly not for the most prestigious film awards. But I'll get into my personal review of Barbie later on another episode when I go through all the nominees for Best Picture. You're welcome. The actual reason Barbie was nominated was because outside of Oppenheimer, it was one of the few films of the year that was actually financially successful. And ever since the Academy expanded the number of nominees available for Best Picture, they have made attempts to include at least one box office hit. Last year, it was Top Gun Maverick and that Avatar sequel. And remember that one year when they nominated Black Panther for Best Picture? Not because anyone thought that Black Panther was the best picture of the year, or even deserving of the nomination, but they throw a bone to the masses in a cynical ploy to get the people to actually watch the Oscars, because people might be more likely to tune in if they've actually, you know, heard of at least one of the films. But a tip of the cap to Barbie for its financial success is insufficient, and The Hollywood Reporter digs down to explain why Barbie came up short in not being nominated for every conceivable category. Though those categories reflect the preferences of only the director's branch, less than 6% of the full Academy, and the actor's branch, just over 13%, and though Gerwig and Narabi are nominated in other categories for writing and producing, and though Barbie did receive eight nominations, including Best Picture, what happened? Maybe people saw the film. Now, there's reason for suspicion that perhaps the nominating process is not exactly a pure expression of rewarding artistic merit. There's campaigning, there's jockeying, there's politics, and even the release window is a form of Oscar baiting. Part of the reason normal people don't get to see the Oscar noms before the awards is because it's become standard practice to load the end of the calendar year with your Oscar contenders. Because if you have a great film and it comes out in June, People will forget about it. It won't be the hot new thing. It won't be the buzz of the town come nominating time. So release in the last quarter. 
Let's just run through the list of Best Picture nominees and compare it to its U.S. theatrical release. Anatomy of a Fall, October 13. Killers of a Flower Moon, October 20. The Holdovers, October 27. Maestro, November 22nd. Poor Things, December 8. The Zone of Interest, December 15. The notable exceptions being, of course, Barbie and Oppenheimer, both released in July, and both coincidentally the films that made money. Now, this is not a hard and fast rule. Past Lives was released on June 2nd, so a film released earlier can be recognized. And just because you try to bait people for an Oscar later in the year doesn't mean it'll be nominated. I'm looking at you, Napoleon, released November 22nd. But the release date is a fairly decent indication that nobody behind the Barbie movie viewed it as an Academy Award-winning juggernaut. Let's be real. Any nomination here is a pleasant surprise for them, and completely and totally driven by the financial success of the film. But The Hollywood Reporter doesn't see it that way, and instead they point the finger at the most devilish and sinister villains in Hollywood old and probably white men. Quote, the director's branch has long been among the Academy's oldest and most male. It's currently 75% men, which could have been a contributing factor regarding the omission of Gerwig, whose first three films, Lady Bird, Little Women, and Barbie, have all been nominated for Best Picture, something that is unprecedented, but who has only once been nominated for Best Director for Lady Bird. Ah, see, the problem is that Gerwig is a lady and the director's branch is a boys' club, and the boys' club says no girls allowed because you have cooties, which is clearly an accurate and rational assessment of the situation. I mean, yes, technically it's true, as The Hollywood Reporter admits, the boys' club did nominate Greta Gerwig for Best Director with Lady Bird, and come to think of it, this year the boys' club nominated Justine Trier, who I'm told, despite being French, is a woman. But still, it's really weird that a film could be nominated for Best Picture, but not Best Director. Unless, of course, one were somewhat familiar with the concept of math. By rule, there are only five nominees for Best Director, but they, not that long ago, expanded the number of eligible nominees for Best Picture from five to between five and ten. This year, there are ten Best Picture nominees. So how could it be that a film could be nominated for Best Picture and not Best Director? Math. But math is one of those old boys' clubs. It's the same old misogyny which is everywhere in life, as this Twitter user astutely put it. Maybe this is an oversimplification, but Ryan Gosling being nominated, but not Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig, perfectly explains to me why we aren't in the eighth year of Hillary Clinton's presidency. So it's misogyny that Margot Robbie wasn't nominated in the category that is exclusively populated by females. How dare you choose a female over a... Female? You bigot? You make me sick. That's not oversimplification. It's just stupid. But bonus points for bringing Hillary Clinton into it. That seems out of nowhere. Oh, wait! Hillary Clinton actually weighed in. Greta and Margot. While it can sting to win the box office but not take home the gold, your millions of fans love you. You're both so much more than knuff. It might seem weird that a 76-year-old woman has a deep interest in a toy movie, but Barbie is near and dear to Hillary. Barbie is a feminist icon inspiring and encouraging young girls everywhere that they can do and be anything, just like runner-up Barbie or historical footnote Barbie. And of course, the limited edition will never be President Barbie, which comes with a map of Wisconsin. But perhaps there's another factor as to why Gerwig and Robbie weren't nominated. Back to The Hollywood Reporter. 
But with both Gerwig and Robbie, I think another factor may have been deeply ingrained views of what an Oscar movie is, gravitas, and is not. Some Academy members have dismissed Barbie as a movie about a toy, which has been overcome by some recent films, e.g. Parasite and Everything Everywhere All at Once, but are still widely held. Yes, Barbie is a movie that is hawking a toy. It is one giant product placement. That's what Mattel wanted. They would not have signed off on the film if they didn't think it would boost sales of their toy. G.I. Joe wasn't nominated for Best Picture, neither were the Transformers, and the only reason Barbie is in any way seriously regarded by some as a Best Picture nominee is Gravitas, or I should say perceived Gravitas. It's rising above the corporate toy marketing and saying something important about feminism and the patriarchy. And I know that because they use the word patriarchy 40,000 times in the film, and I'm a very stupid person but I'll get into my review later. Either way, it is about gravitas. Either you think it rises above its product placement and says something meaningful and important, or it doesn't. But it is simply not the case that Barbie is an indisputable masterpiece with breathtaking and challenging performances that were perfectly and sublimely directed, and the only reason someone would deny that obvious truth must be due to some mustache-twirling villainy. No. But why does this matter? And what does this tell us? I think awards for art is kind of stupid, but there's no denying that it matters. It matters to the artist. It matters to the industry. It means more money. It means more opportunity. And the awards are a means of cultivating a certain kind of film. It's simple behavioral modification, because that which gets rewarded gets repeated. If those are the kinds of films, if those are the kinds of messages, if those are the kinds of themes, if those are the kinds of films that get nominated, then those are the kinds of films that will get made. That which gets rewarded gets repeated. As Christians, we can be very dismissive of the Oscars and just see it as a bunch of buffoonery and nonsense, but the awards shape the films, and films shape the culture. And that is actually important. And so if we want to shape the culture, we have to attack it from both sides, producers and gatekeepers. Christians should be producing art, but that's not enough. Christians should also be flooding the fields of art criticism, because you can just as easily shape the content by being the gatekeepers of good taste. It'd be great to infiltrate the academy, but it's a far easier task to take over movie reviewing, and that in turn would have an effect. Set aside the entire question of actual content, or quality, or even box office success. If Barbie had gotten a 13% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, do you think it would have still been nominated? The gatekeepers of good taste have an influence, and good reviews are themselves a reward, and that which gets rewarded gets repeated. It's important. You want to help change the culture? Be a reviewer. And speaking of reviews, if you think the culture can be changed with reviews, how about you review my books, like my latest book, Six Rounds for the Witching Hour, available now. The link to that is in the show notes. Caveat, Amazon often doesn't let you review if you haven't purchased the book. Now listen, this is of course a bit self-serving, but I think it's still true. If you agree that the culture matters and you want Christians to engage in art, then you have to support them. 
Christians are not above the concept of that which gets rewarded gets repeated. That doesn't mean blindly liking everything that Christians do. Some of us are no talent hacks. But changing the culture isn't just going to come from people who produce, but also from consumers and reviewers. And that's the point. If you like what we're doing here, like, subscribe, share, tell a friend, buy all of my books, leave a five-star review, follow me on the socials, join my author's Facebook page, and I'll see you next time for more Appropriate in the Culture. <laughs>